Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Got a great group of guys out in the mountains right now. Travel, they'll travel back today, so we pray for safety for them, and they close out well today as well. Um, well, hey, last week I jumped into a brand new series for the fall, and I simply entitled it The Gift, The Gift. It's the Holy Spirit. Uh, we looked last week at who is he. Uh, I think it's a very, very, very important topic. And that is the, a good biblical understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. Because if we don't get that, we're going to struggle. And we've got to know who the Holy Spirit is. Not, not who we've been maybe taught what the Holy Spirit is, but what the Word of God says about the Holy Spirit. That's what I want to do. I don't, th- this is not Jeff's series or message. This is the word of God, and we'll just let it be spoken, and it will not come back void. It will not. It will, it will do its job. So last week, we looked at who he is, okay? This week, we're going to look at, is he a person? We kind of touched on it last week, but I got to go a little deeper because this question, is he a person, is more important than anything else. You got to get it. Because if you don't get a good foundation of the fact that the Holy Spirit is a person, there's nothing to build a house on. You got, it's just, this, is, this is pad dirt, rebar, wire, and some really good concrete with just the right amount of water. Okay? Because if you don't get that, it, it, it's just... You just can't build on anything else. And this side of heaven, we've got to have this foundation. Got to have this foundation, okay? Because if we don't get it, we're either going to be confused and weak, or we're going to be bold and strong, all right? Because if you don't have that foundation, I'm telling you, 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 you will live timid if you don't know who he is. If you know who he is, then you'll know who you are, and you'll walk that way. Okay, so we got to get this. Okay, who is he a person? Most important thing you've got to answer. Okay, you must understand that he is a person because you cannot develop a personal relationship with him if he's not a person. It's just you, you've heard somebody. I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord. So you have a you have a personal relationship with the Lord. Okay. The Lord's not here anymore. He left a gift. He's called the Holy Spirit. That is who you will have a personal relationship with. Okay? Not not a force, not a spirit, not an it, but the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, every once in a while, I have these thoughts. (laughs) My wife tells me I should stop. But I have these thoughts that I, I know something 
that would help God. <laughs> See, y'all are laughing, but I'm serious. Y'all hurt my feelings. Listen to me. I just thought that the problem with the Holy Spirit, let me finish, okay, is the name. If he wasn't called the Holy Spirit, people would get this a little bit better. But when you say Holy Spirit, it's like, and it's just out there, okay? And it kind of invites weird. And I'm like, oh, God, if we could just get that name, different name, God, I think people would get it. So I came up with a name, and I just kind of seen if God signed off on it, okay? So I think if he called the Holy Spirit Bill, it'd be a whole lot better. I'm going to go talk to Bill. I have a personal relationship with Bill. Who's your best friend? Bill. See? Are y'all good now? Let's just go to lunch. All right? If that was it. So here's the deal. These formal churches, William. Just call him William. <laughs> Amen? And these wild churches, these wild churches, we're just calling wild Bill. <laughs> just call him Billy. Billy? All right? That, that'll solve it all. And everybody's going to be fine with that. So, just call him Bill. Now, God's like, that ain't going to happen. Thanks for your help, okay? Here's the problem with that. The Holy Spirit is in his name. Think about it. Holy Spirit's not his name, is it? The Holy Spirit is his description or his function. It's what he does. It's who he is. His name is God. See, it's tricky. His name is God. His function is the Holy Spirit. There's a big difference. So the name, there's nothing wrong with the name. What my problem is, is I got to get used to saying, I'm going to go talk to God. My best friend is God. This is the person, God, of the Holy Spirit. What he does through the, the Holy Spirit is his function. Okay? It's not his name. His name is God. So how can you know for sure that he's a person? How do we know anyone's a person? What constitutes personhood? Good questions. You might be saying, has to have life. Well, there's somebody who's going to say, a tree has life. <laughs> yeah. You going to go talk to a tree? I know some do, okay? But here's the deal. He ain't talking back. You can hug him, and you can think he's hugging you, but that tree ain't hugging you, all right? You cannot have a relationship with a tree, or you shouldn't have a relationship with a tree, okay? <laughs> because just because that tree has life does not mean that tree is a person. It's not a person, okay? So how can we know for sure he's a person? Simple definition is he has a personality. A person has a personality, okay? The theological definition is he has a soul. He has a soul. So you might ask, does God the Father have a soul? The answer is yes. Matthew 12, 18 says this, Behold, my servant who I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. God the Father with a soul. How about God the Son? Matthew 26, 38. 
Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. Jesus with a soul. About God the Holy Spirit, Hebrews 10, 38. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. All three have a soul. All three are a person. The soul is made up of three parts. Mind, will, and emotion. Okay? You think with your mind. Well, you're supposed to, okay? It's questionable sometimes. You think with your mind, okay? You desire with your will, and you feel with your emotions. So here's the deal. If you ever want to know how God, what God thinks, what God desires, and what God feels, then what? You better develop a personal relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit who is God. Simple enough? People say, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to... Sports Center update. All right? Sorry, squirrel. All right. Um, all right. So here's the deal. You, people all the time say, I just want to know what God thinks about this. Really? Go ask God. Because God thinks. It's mind. Okay? I wonder what God desires. Ask God. I wonder how God feels about this. Ask God. You have God as the gift. The question is, what are you doing with your gift? Your gift's no good in the box. Sitting up on the shelf, that's a good-looking box. Mm-hmm. That's a gorgeous ribbon. Mm, gorgeous ribbon. That's a beautiful tag. Oh, it's a gorgeous tag. Well, look what the cat tag says. To my child from your heavenly father. You open that yet? No, nah, no, nah, I ain't open it. Sometimes you open it, it gets weird. You never know what's in there. You just, just can't explain it. I just keep it in there. It's nice, cute, beautiful. Sit up there. It's good. It's nice. It's not what it's up there for. It's a gift to you. So the Holy Spirit, if you want to know what he thinks, desires, and feels, you get to know the Holy Spirit. Simple as that. Let's check it out, these three things. So a person has a soul. He has three things. Okay, we're going to break down those three things. Number one, mind. He has a mind. John 16, 13 says this, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you of things to come. That's beautiful. He won't do anything on his own, okay? The father tells the son, and the son communicates that through us, through the Holy Spirit. That's just the way it works. You ever thought, what is God's IQ? It's a good question. Isn't it? What is God's IQ? Yeah, I remember youth ministry, junior high boys always ask some of the questions, and I'm like, seriously? Oxygen to your brain produces that question. That's scary. <laughs> so I don't want what's God's IQ? Okay? Now, I think Albert Einstein's IQ is like 209, like 200 more than mine. But... I'm just kidding. But, but, but God's IQ, what is God's IQ? God doesn't have an IQ. It can only, he has no limit. He can't limit a limitless God. 
God knows everything. Here's the deal in Psalms. He says, I know your thoughts before you think them. Right, well, I know what you're going to say before you speak it. I knew your name before it was given to you. I know the number of hairs on your head. I know everything about you. Everything. Our God knows everything. God has no limit to what he knows. You ever thought, it's a crazy thought, but you ever thought God can never think of anything that he hasn't already thought of? (laughs) You ever have a thought and go, that's a pretty cool thought. God can never, ever have a thought that he hadn't already thought. Never. He's already thought everything. He already knows everything. You can't outthink him. Philippians 2.5 says this, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you that is in Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit is a person, has a mind, okay? We can have the mind of Christ because we have the Holy Spirit living in us. So when you go, I wonder what God thinks, you have that ability. You have that ability. I'm not saying you're God, but you can think what God thinks. You can know by the Holy Spirit what God's doing because he revealed that to you. Listen to me. Here's some cool information. He can be your teacher. The smartest person that has no limits to him, more intelligence than anybody else. There is not even a scale you could grade it. He knows everything, and he is your comforter, your guide, your helper. He's coming right beside you to do life. He's yours. He's your teacher. But you will never ask your teacher if you don't see him as a person. You got to get that. You will never ask him if you don't see him as a person. Let me ask you this. You're going to ask an it a question? Hey, it, I got this question, it. I want, I, want, I want to see what you know. I want to know where you want me to go to college. And I'm sure the it is going to say, well, pray. Well, it, I'm asking you. That's goofy. You're going to go ask the tree like the tree's going to talk? The Holy Spirit is a person. He wants you to know what to think. He wants you to have the mind of Christ. If you will ask the person of the Holy Spirit, he will speak to you. We read last week that he will speak to us. Did we not read that in the Bible? It's not that he's already spoken. He is still speaking today. He speaks through the person of the Holy Spirit of God. He can be your teacher, but you'll never ask your teacher if you don't see him as a person. Number two, he has a will. He has a will. They were forbidden, Acts 16, 6, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. They were forbidden to preach the word. The Holy Spirit can forbid us from doing stuff. And he can allow us to do stuff. Okay? The Holy Spirit exercised his will. The Holy Spirit can exercise his will. The Holy Spirit will exercise his will. And he doesn't have to ask our permission to do that because he's God. 
Have you ever exercised your will as a parent in your child's life? You say, sweetheart, we're about to have dinner. You're not going to eat any sweets. Well, they don't receive your um, instructions very well. So you have to, you're trying to forbid them from doing it, and you say it in a way that you're hoping and they can just kind of get up under. But they didn't get up under it. They decided to buck it. And you have to go to a different room in your house to show them that you're the parent and you exercise your will to forbid them from having a suite. Anybody ever had to go to a different room in the house to have some exercise of will? That, that happens sometimes. If you've lived this life long enough in trying to obey and follow the Holy Spirit of God as a person, sometimes there are tool shed moments where he exercises his will, okay, his will. God is going to get his way in your life, okay? The question is, how far does he have to go to forbid you from doing something so that you will do what he's asking you to do. I get this question a lot. How do you know God's will? It's a good question. A lot of people ask that. How do you know God's will? Well, the simple answer is get to know God. You're not going to know God's will if you don't know God. And the only way to know God's will is to get to know the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, who is God, okay? So in the Bible, you will find the general will of God, okay? The general will of God you will find in the Bible, basically the how of life, okay? In the Bible, you will find the how of marriage, parenting, finance, other stuff. That's the how, the general will about how to be married, how to be a parent, how to handle finances, all that stuff. Now, what you won't find in the Bible is the specific will of God, meaning, okay, you'll find that by God's voice. You'll find the general, okay, by God's word. You'll find the specific by God's voice, okay, meaning the who. That's not in the Bible, okay? So let me give you an example. So when I, when I felt like I was ready to be married and out of college for three years, and I told God I was so good, I, I usually bring me this babe, and God's like, you're not as good as you think you are. Let's go for a little walk. So we walked for three years, and he uh, exercised his will in my life in some areas, okay? And so finally, I met Melissa. Now, nowhere in the Bible did it say Jeff Ponder married Melissa King. That would have been helpful, but it's not in there. Okay, that's not in there, but the general will of God is in there. That word right there, that came, that's a specific will that came from God's voice from where the Holy Spirit of God. That's where that comes from. So God will tell you how to be a parent, but that strong willed child and how to parent them. And you're like, this child's going to kill me. Lord, help me raise this child. That's the specific will, most likely found on your knees, prostrate before God, crying out for mercy, and God, that you'd, you'd just reveal some stuff to me, how to, how to meet this child where they're at. That is the specific will of God, and you're not going to find that spelled out in Scripture. You're going to find that through the Holy Spirit of God. His voice will teach you that. Same thing about finances. 
How are you going to do all that? So how are you going to find the specific will of God in your life? The person of the Holy Spirit will guide you in the all truth. God's word says that the Holy Spirit will guide you in the all truth. So you want to know where to go to college? Not where all your friends are going. Where God wants you to go, then you speak to God. And God will show you. You want to know who to marry? Okay, don't go ask a tree. Okay, tree's like, I, I don't know, man. I got this squirrel running around driving me crazy up here. I got no time for you. Now I got a bunch of birds, okay? I ain't got no time to talk to you. You want to go to a different tree. No, tree ain't going to help you. God will help you, okay? If you want to know that, then you get to know God, the Holy Spirit, and he'll give you that. Now listen to me. You cannot have a relationship through another person. You know that? You can't have a relationship through another person. Let's just say that my wife and I are at a dinner party, and she's standing over there, and there's a guy over here, my friend. I said, hey, dude, do me a favor. Go ask my wife where she wants to go summer vacation. What? Go ask my wife where she wants to go for summer vacation. Dude, I'm not going to go ask your wife where she wants to go for summer vacation. You go ask your own wife. True. That's the truth. See, I had a guy one time ask me, he said, Pastor Jeff, I want you to do me, I need you to do me a favor, okay? Can you ask God this for me? Now, it's Sunday morning, and I'm like, okay, sure, just to make him go away. So, I said, sure, which I don't really like the word sure, but, but that's a whole nother thing. So, I said, yeah, I'll do that, it's fine. So, the next morning, I get to my office, and um, as I'm just kind of studying and praying, getting ready, I got staff on Monday, uh, they, they just came to my mind, it's like, what are you going to do about that guy to ask you that? I'm like, okay, I'm not going to blow it off. So I said, God, <laughs> if the guy came up to me, you know this. He wants me to pray. He wants me to ask you about this. So you have a word for him? Man, God said this. I want you to go tell that guy I want to talk to him personally. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to go tell that guy I want to talk to him personally. I don't want to talk to him through you. That is, he's your personal God. Don't use somebody else to do it. People always tell hey, Pastor, you pray for me about this. I don't mind at all praying for you about something. I don't mind at all. But I want you to hear something. I can't hear God with you, okay? I, I, I can hear God with you, but not for you. I can, I can hear God with you, but not for you. You want to know specific things in your life? You ask God. You ask God. See, what happens sometimes in a danger of pastoring is this. People come to you, and they want you to take stuff to God. And before long, you're taking 460 things a day to God, and none of them are about you or the church you're called to lead. And then you get burned out and go sell insurance or cars because a car never asked me to take anything to God. See, I am not your high priest. And I'm not Jesus, and I can't be your Holy Spirit. When we got married, Melissa told me three things I was not. I was not her daddy. I was not her pastor. And I was not her Holy Spirit. You say, well, that sure is rude. No, it's not. That's exactly the truth. I am not my wife's Holy Spirit. Okay? I'm not your Holy Spirit. I love you, and I will pray for you. But if you want to know a specific will of God for your life, ask your God. Just ask your God. He said, I will be your comforter, your counselor, 
your helper. Then let him and trust yourself and trust God. Real quickly, I'm going to row through this. He has emotion. He has emotion, okay? He has emotion. I want you to look at Galatians 5, 22, 23. Every one of these things I'm going to read is a characteristic of a person. Why? Because he's a person. Y'all catch on quick. Galatians 5, 22, 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. A person has love. Joy, person has joy. Peace, person has peace. Long-suffering, person has long-suffering. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. All of these are characteristics of a person. Why? The characteristics of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Holy Spirit's a person. Okay? All these are characteristics of a person. All these are characteristics of the Holy Spirit. Now, listen. Ephesians 4.30 says this. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed on the day of redemption. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. How do you, grief is an emotion, okay? How do you grieve the Holy Spirit? We're told not to grieve the Holy Spirit. How do, we, how do, how do you grieve the Holy Spirit, okay? Good question. I want you to turn your Bible. It's not on the board, I don't think. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 25 through 32. One of the things you have to do is, Sometimes you got to figure out the context of the message. So when you read a passage of scripture like 430 and you want to know how to grieve it and why not to grieve it, sometimes if you just read a little bit ahead of it, tell you exactly how not to do it. That's what we're going to do. Look at verse 25, Ephesians 4:25. Therefore, you remember what I told you about therefores, all right? Putting away lying, okay? Put away lying, that, well, that would grieve the Holy Spirit. Let each one of us speak truth to his neighbor, for we are all members of one another. Be angry and do not sin, but do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give a place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no more. So stealing, that, that'll grieve the Spirit, all right? But rather let him labor, working for, with his hands. So what, what is good, that he may have something to give who has need. So giving is a good thing. Not giving grieves the Holy Spirit, okay? Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. That would grieve it. But what is good and necessary for edification, that it may impart grace to the hearer. Verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking put away from you with all malice, but be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God forgave you. So how do you grieve the Holy Spirit? Simple, sin. Sin, sin grieves the Holy Spirit. Grieves the Holy Spirit. What grieves the Holy Spirit is sin. When a child walks in sin, it grieves the Spirit of God. Okay, why? Because he loves you. Because he loves you. And he knows that sin will hurt you, okay? If you know that and you're a parent and you have a child and you're at the age where you're going to have to let that child learn some things on their own, so you know they're walking into something that's going to hurt them. Does it grieve you? Yes, it grieves you. What you want to do is intercept it if you can. And sometimes you say, they're just going to have to learn that. They're just going to have to learn that. 
Okay, it grieves you. Grief is this. It is sadness when you feel loss of intimacy with a person. We've all lost somebody. And the reason we, are, we have grief is because we miss that person. We miss that time with that person. That, that, that there's an empty spot where that person used to be. We don't, have, we don't get to talk to that person anymore. We grieve them because we miss out on them. We miss time with them. We can't spend in, intimacy with them anymore. The Holy Spirit is grieving because he lost intimacy with you. Isaiah 59, 2 says, your iniquities have separated you from God. So what happens is, he has emotion. When his children walk in sin, they lose intimacy with him. He grieves, and the spirit is grieved, because you're walking in sin. And when you walk in sin as a child of God, you know what the first thing that goes? Power. You got no power, man. None. None. You don't lose your salvation. Scripture says you're not going to lose it. When you're born again, truly born again, child of the king, you're saved, 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 sealed. Nobody is going to lose your salvation. No, you didn't work your way to salvation. You sure won't work your way out of salvation. Because if it's about works, well, why have a cross? Why have a cross? Okay. You don't work your way to salvation. If that's how you were taught growing up, you got to be set free from that bondage. That'll kill you. All right? You can't work your way to salvation, and you can't work your way away from it. Okay? But you're saved and born again. You're, you're sealed. But when sin enters, you lose intimacy with God. See, a lot of times we want God to use us and speak through us, but we're walking in sin. Ain't going to work. It's not going to work. The audacity to ask for us to be, be given power to live and, and God to use us when we're living and walking in sin. You see, you've got to understand something. The Holy Spirit is a person. When you sin, you sin against a person. You don't sin against a spirit or a power or a force because listen to me, if the Holy Spirit's like a tree, do I really care if I'm walking in sin to that tree? I don't care. I live however I want to live. You can just get over it. It's none of your business how I live. Excuse me. It is very much the business of a person who's my best friend and who is my God. And so when I'm living in sin, it quenches the Holy Spirit and the power cannot go through me. Because you kink it, okay? A kinked water hose will never have power. You undo the kink, it'll blow. It'll blow. For many of us, the reason that we don't have a problem with sin is because we don't see that we're sinning against a person or a Holy Spirit of God. So we just live however we want to. He can just get over it. Listen to me. It's a big deal to lose intimacy with God. It's a big deal. It grieves him and it should grieve us, okay? If you want power back in your life, if you want to see God do supernatural things through you, then give God back the intimacy he has lost by the way you live. It's important how you live. It's not for display. It's not for show. It's not to toot your horn. But God said, live this way. Be what? Salt, light. Be the light. Be, be me walking out there. And when you mess up, confess it. Confess it to the person of God. 
Don't just blow it off. Because if you want God to supernaturally use you, then supernaturally understand that the Holy Spirit of God is a person. Okay, he he is a person, my friend. He has a mind, okay, he does. He has a will and he has an emotion. Do not grieve God, okay? Don't grieve God by the way you live, okay? I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads. I'm gonna invite the worship team and the um, altar ministry team to come on up. This morning, I don't want you to get too far away from the number one question that you've got to understand. Is the Holy Spirit a person? That, that, everything springs off of that. You've got to settle that in your life. It's not a force. It's not a spirit. It's not something out there. The Holy Spirit of God is a person. You have a relationship with a person. You can lose intimacy with a person, okay? I need you to ask God what the Holy Spirit has said to you today through the message, okay? We're gonna pray, and then you're gonna stand. And I want you to be obedient to the Holy Spirit of God. If you're sitting here today, and you say, I I need to settle that the Holy Spirit of God is a person in my life, that he is a person, he's, he's God, then you settle that. If you're living in a way that does not honor God and you didn't think it was a big deal, but you realize now that what you're doing is you're, you're, you're quenching God in your life, you're kinking your hose, you're grieving the Holy Spirit, then you need to come and get that right. This morning, if you're looking for a church home, the Holy Spirit's leading you here, then you come. If you need prayer for anything, that's what they're here for. I'm going to pray real quick, and then it's our turn to respond to what the Holy Spirit said today. Father, we love you. And God, I pray that the Holy Spirit today will draw every person that you're speaking to. Throughout this worship center, whatever you have said, wherever you said it, God, that the Holy Spirit of God would draw that person to you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.